Ephesians 1. And on behalf of our pastors, I want to just say thank you for coming out. And I want to thank them for giving me this opportunity to speak here tonight. Amen. We're going to be continuing in our month of wisdom. Amen. Tell your neighbor, wisdom. Tell your neighbor, get wise. Amen. And for the youth, get woke. Amen. Wisdom. Last month, we were on the Romans road. Amen. And I believe that the Romans road leads right into the intersection of wisdom. Amen. Ephesians 1, chapter 1, verse 16. You guys have it? It says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I'm reading in the Amplified. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I always pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may grant you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation. Amen. That gives you a deep and personal and intimate insight into the true knowledge of him. Amen. Father, have your way here tonight as we get into your word. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen. Give your neighbor a high five and you could go ahead and be seated. Amen. I don't know. I hear a really loud echo in this. Hallelujah. So here we read in Ephesians 1 where Paul is addressing the church in Ephesus. Amen. And if you go back to the book of Acts in chapter 19 is where the birth of the church of Ephesus takes place. Amen. Where Paul is there and he's preaching and he's teaching in the synagogues. But the people, they had, you know, like a hard mind and a hard heart that they were not open to what uh, uh, the spirit, the spirit and the presence and the power of God was wanting to do there. And it says that that continued where Paul went and he was preaching and he was persistent for two years. Amen. And because of that, God gave him the gift where miraculous things were taking place, where different signs were taking place, where even handkerchiefs that Paul had used when they would be put on somebody would heal the sick. Amen. So it's in that atmosphere that the church of Ephesus was born. Amen. So here we read tonight where Paul is addressing the Ephesians and he's writing to them and he's encouraging them. Right? Because he understands the type of situation that they're in. Amen? As we look around, right? As we watch the news, as we go to our schools or to our workplace, right? That many times our environment can be like that of the Ephesians. Amen? Where they are, are, are a little hard-headed or stiff-necked or, or they don't have a, a, an ear to hear the Word of God. Amen? But we must be like Paul. Amen? And be persistent in our testimony. Amen. Be persistent in our witness. Amen. Be persistent. Amen. In our, you know, devotion to God. Amen. And this ties in to wisdom because Paul addresses this right off the bat. After he gives his greetings, boom, he hits the point. He says, now I need to talk about wisdom. Now I need to address the issue that's at hand. Amen. But he says it in a way that is very personal, right? He brings it across in a way that is very tactful, right? He, but also very transparent, right? He doesn't just begin to address it, but Paul begins to share, hey, this is something that I pray for, right? This is something that, 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 that 
I plead to God for. This is something that, that I spend in my quiet time, right? He says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. He says, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Amen. And here tonight, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be following in our theme of wisdom, and we're going to be looking at the spirit of wisdom. Amen. That God has given us a gift of the spirit of wisdom. Amen. And that Paul was praying that the Ephesians would receive that gift from God, the gift of wisdom, the spirit of wisdom, that they would not be walking in their carnal minds, right? Or like Brother Eric was sharing, right, that we would not walk in our own filter, right, in the knowledge of man or the knowledge of the world or or, or even the knowledge of Satan, amen, but that we would walk in the knowledge and the wisdom of the Spirit of God, amen? How many guys desire the Spirit of God? Amen. The wisdom of God. Amen. We, we, we live in a, in a generation and in a time where, where it, is, it is crucial, right, and vital that we depend upon the wisdom of God. Right? I think Eric even hit on it too. I, I wasn't in serv- service, but I listened to his message on YouTube. Amen. YouTube, we have the ability to learn all kinds of stuff. Right? We can learn how to clean our house. You could probably even watch a video of somebody brushing their teeth. Right? Just this is how you use a Q-tip. Like just random stuff you can learn on YouTube. Right? Don't check it now, but wait till after service. Amen. There's all kinds of stuff. Cats playing piano, whatever. Right? But we live in a time where technology has given us the ability, right, to become wise, right, in this in the worldly sense of it. Or in the earthly sense of it, where we can know this or we can know that. And, you know, at the, at the touch of our fingertips, we can have statistics or we can have, you know, certain things that just 10, 15 years ago, you kind of had to be a scholar, right? Or a professional to know things, right? I'm a mechanic, right? And, and, and I had to learn things the hard way, right? I tell some of the new guys, I says, hey, don't worry about it when you mess up. I think I've done everything wrong once. Amen. I've done everything wrong once. I've broken everything. I've, you know, I've done everything wrong once, but you learn, right? But nowadays you could just put in a YouTube video, how to change your oil and boom, you're an expert, right? Put me out of a job. Amen. But Paul is addressing the Ephesians here and saying, I pray and I plead that the Lord, our God, Jesus Christ, would grant you a spirit of wisdom. Amen? A spirit of wisdom. I like this quote by John Osteen. Not Joel Osteen, right? But his dad, John Osteen. If you want to hear some heavy messages, YouTube John Osteen. Amen? He says, this is wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to see into the true nature of things and the ability to know the right course of action with the view of the end results. Amen? Wisdom is the ability to see into the true nature of things. Right? When we have the spirit of wisdom, God gives us the ability to see what's really going on. Amen? To see what, 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 what is really happening. Amen? We know because of what's written in Ephesians 6 that we live in a spiritual realm. Right? That we are in a physical realm, but there's also a spiritual realm that is unseen. 
right? And so when you have the spirit of wisdom, you can see something, but you can see what's really happening. Amen. You can see what what's behind the curtain. You can see what's behind the veil. Amen. That it's not a, 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 your coworker that's trying to get at you, you know, do something to you. But no, it's the enemy working behind it. Right. It's not your family member that's trying to cause division. No, it's the enemy working behind it. Amen. And in wisdom, we have the ability to see what is behind the curtain. Amen. So wisdom is the ability to see the true nature of things. But like my dad brought out, it's not enough to know, right? It's not enough to just know, but wisdom is knowing and doing. Amen? Wisdom is knowing and doing. So it's one thing to know, but then it's another to do. Amen? That's, that's where we're at with our generation, with our society, is we could watch YouTube and we know. Right. But until you do it, you don't know. Right. Me and my dad were working on his truck and we watch videos and we know how to do it. But we've done it two, three, four times because we didn't really know what we were doing. Right. Right. There's another saying that I that I throw out at work, you know, when I'm joking, when you do something wrong, you got to do it again. Say we do it right because we do it twice. Amen. It's a slogan. I'm going to put it on a window. Amen. You do it right because you do it twice. You don't really know until you do it, right? Wisdom is not wisdom until you apply your knowledge, amen? Until you apply the information that was given to you. You can go to college, you can have a degree, you can have all this stuff, right? You can be a surgeon on paper, but until you stuck a scalpel in somebody's chest, you are not a heart surgeon, amen? You might get that and you can say, you know what? I'm going to go work at McDonald's all that much, you know? Wisdom is not wisdom until it's applied. Amen. So it's a, it's the ability to see the true nature of things, but, and also the ability to know the right course of action with the right, with the end results in mind and to do it. Amen. So what we're going to do tonight is we're going to look at Ephesians 1.16. Amen. My notes got all mixed up. There we go. And we're going to go through that portion of scripture because in Paul's prayer, right, Ephesians 1, 16 to the, to the beginning of chapter 2, Paul is praying for the, for the Ephesians. He's praying for the church in Ephesus, and he points out a few key things that I believe fall under the banner of wisdom, amen, that fall under that category of the spirit of wisdom. So if you're here tonight, I encourage you to take notes, Amen. I don't know if you, you know, for some of the last few messages that I have, they've been kind of, you know, six points, seven points. Amen. So tonight we're going to have seven points. Amen. There's seven things that Paul, amen, points out. Amen. In this prayer. And we're going to be quick because we're going to park on a few of them, but then we're going to just, you know, do the scenic route past the others. Amen. So seven points. And don't get too mad because seven is the number of completion in the Bible too. So, you know, if you want true wisdom, you need to have seven points. Amen. So number one, and we already kind of touched on this already. Paul prays in verse 17 that God would give us a spirit of wisdom. Amen. Proverbs 3.19 says, by wisdom, the Lord founded the earth. By understanding, he created the heavens. Amen. So the same spirit that God wants to grant us. Right? Is the same spirit that he created the heavens and the earth. 
right? It's the same spirit that he used to bring us to life is the spirit that God wants to give us to understand the things in our life. Amen? Proverbs 3.19. See, God gives us the spirit of wisdom so that we can know the difference between the voices in our head. How many guys have voices in your head? You don't got to raise your hand. Amen? I saw you, Cruz. Amen? Right? I don't know about you, but I got voices in my head. Right? I got my voice. Right? I got my wife's voice sometimes. Amen? I got the world's voice. Right? Eric was talking about that. Right? We got our conscience. Right? We got God's voice, the Holy Spirit. Right? So the spirit of wisdom helps us discern and understand the voices in our head. Right? I I heard someone say that it's okay to have voices. Just don't talk back to them. Right? Amen. So to know the difference between the spirit of wisdom, give us the ability to to know the difference between the voices, between God's voice and our voice, between the devil's voice and God's voice. Right. Because sometimes the devil will use the word of God. Right. But you have but the spirit of wisdom, like Jesus in the wilderness, will give us that discernment to know the difference. Amen. Number two, the second point that Paul brings out here in this portion of scripture in verse 17 is he says, I want to give you a spirit of wisdom, but also a spirit of revelation. Amen. A spirit of revelation. This is where God reveals things to us. Have you ever been just sitting somewhere and it's just like a light bulb going off in your head, right? You just get this like, oh, wow, I just got it. What Eric was talking about the door, right? Like, you know, that was last week. I just got to prove that I listened, bro. I I listened. Amen. So God gives us a spirit of revelation, right? Where God will reveal things to you. That as you read the word of God, as you get into his word, he will begin to reveal things to you, right? Once you got that spirit of wisdom, once you have the Holy Spirit in you, God will begin to reveal things through the spirit of revelation. Amen. Thinking of John, right, when he's there on the island of Patmos and he says, you know, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day when God came to me and gave me a revelation. Amen. See, it's the spirit of revelation that God gives us. It's a gift, right? That, that, that we don't, you know, some, some churches, some religions, they don't want you to read the Bible on your own. They don't want you to read the Bible and get your own interpretation or let the Holy Spirit speak to you because they want you to fall in line with their beliefs, right? That they say, no, this is what the word says. This is what it means. And that's it. There's no questions about it. Right. But we got the spirit of God living inside of us where I could read something and Connie could read something and and Rachel and crew could read something and we could all get something different. Why? Because the word of God is like a diamond. It has many facets. Amen. You put the angle on one side, you get one one look and, and, and many different others. Right. So God gives us a spirit of revelation. Paul was praying that for the church in Ephesus. And not only was he praying it for them, but he was praying it for us because we're still a part of that church, right? We are still the church of God, right? Just many years down the road and and different faces, but we are still part of the church of Christ. Amen? So thirdly, Paul prays that God would give us the knowledge of Jesus. Amen? The knowledge of Jesus. There in, in, in Ephesians 1, we see... It says, it says, I always pray that God, our Lord, Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may grant you spirit of wisdom and revelation that gives you a deep personal 
intimate insight into the true knowledge of him. For, for we know the Father through the Son, right? So he prays that we have a true, deep, personal, and intimate knowledge of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? That's a part of wisdom. This month, the reason why we're talking about wisdom is so that we can get a little deeper in knowing our Savior. Amen? Knowing Jesus, right? Knowing the one who redeems us, right? Knowing the one who heals us, right? Knowing the one who sets us free, right? Knowing Jesus as as Jehovah Jireh, our provider, right? Knowing him as our Prince of Peace, right? Jehovah Shalom, right? Knowing him as Jehovah Rapha, our healer, right? Knowing him in these ways, that's wisdom, right? But like I said, it's not just knowing, but it's also doing. So to have true wisdom of Jesus is to put your trust in him. That when you're feeling sick, do you really call upon Jesus, your healer, right? When you're going through chaos and all stressed out and and things are falling apart around you, are you looking to Jesus, the Prince of Peace, or are you looking to other things? That's wisdom, right? It's one thing to know, but it's another to put your faith in it and put your trust in it. When you got $5 in the bank account, but you're just holding on to God and you're not pulling out your credit card. Right? Trusting in God. That's wisdom. Right? That's wisdom. Amen? Do we know Jesus? Right? The more we know about Jesus, the less worry we will have in our life. Amen? The more wisdom we have of Christ our Savior, the less things will stress us out. Amen? Things won't bother us so much. (coughs) Right? I like what Dave Ramsey says about finances, but I'm going to apply it to Jesus. Amen? He talks about debt and talks about having savings, right? That when you have a savings or a rainy day fund, that, uh, you know, a a, a crisis turns into an inconvenience, right? But the same goes that when we have Jesus in our life and we have the understanding, the wisdom of Jesus Christ, that things that are chaotic and crises for other people are just inconveniences for us because we know who we have with us, amen? We know that we have Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen? That he's our mediator. Amen? He's our redeemer. Amen? And even for the women, he was a women's activist. Right? The woman at the well. Right? The woman the, 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 the woman that the, the Pharisees want to stone. Right? He was there in the gap. So the more we know of Jesus, the more power we have. Amen? Knowledge is what? Power. Amen? Number four. Under, in this prayer... In verse 18, Paul writes this to the church of Ephesians. He says, And I pray that the eyes of your heart, the very center and core of your being, may be enlightened, flooded with, the, with light by the Holy Spirit, so that you will know and cherish the hope and the divine guarantee, the confident expectation to which he has called you. Amen. Number four is, is we, Paul is praying that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. Amen. That through wisdom, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, meaning that our heart would be flooded with the light of God. Amen. The light, the word is the light unto our feet, the Bible says. Right? It's a lamp unto our path. 
right? So that when we come under the Spirit of God and we come under the Spirit of wisdom and we allow the Spirit of God to work in our life, it will begin to enlighten us. Right. It will begin to give us a a, a supernatural, you know, almost intelligence. Right. We live in a day where there's artificial intelligence, but in the kingdom of God, we've always had spiritual intelligence. Amen. I look out here and even when we go to conferences that you see guys all tattooed and doing things right. And they do jobs that they should not be doing. Right. Like you didn't even go to high school. How do you do that job? Right. Brother Eric. No, I'm just kidding. Amen. But it's when we come into the presence of God, right? And the Bible says that we are a new creation. The Spirit gives us an ability where we can learn things, where we can understand things, where where the eyes of our understanding, where our heart becomes enlightened, where we can see, like, like, you know, with the revelation, right, that God begins to give us that ability to see what is truly going on and truly happening. Amen? This also happens even within certain situations and circumstances. Right. When, when, when you're faced with things that that having your eyes of understanding enlightened helps you forgive people. Right. Helps you forgive people who have trespassed against you. Right. Helps you to forgive those who have done you wrong. Right. Who have done you dirty. Right. Because you see not through your own eyes, but you see through the eyes of God. And you see like and you, and you think like Jesus and and how he said when he was on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. We're Christians. We're saved, right? That doesn't mean that we're better than anybody, but we have a greater perspective on things, or we should have a greater perspective on things, right? That we don't walk around like that Mother's Day video, like Petty LaBelle, amen? But no, we rise above that kind of stuff, you know what I mean? And and that when we're faced with situations, that, that we see it from an elevated perspective, amen? And then number five, Paul, Paul writes to the Ephesians here in verse 18. He says that he prays that our eyes of, of our heart would be enlightened. But as you go down, he says, he says, so that you will know and cherish the hope, the divine guarantee, the confident expectation to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance. Amen. Number five is that we would know the hope of his calling. Amen. That through wisdom, right, through the spirit of wisdom, right, that through the spirit of God, that we would know that God has called us, amen, that tonight I'm here to let you know that God has called you, amen, that he has a plan for you, that he has a purpose for you, that that no matter what you're going through, no matter what you've been through, God has a plan, a plan and a purpose for you, right, that it, you could be an all messed up, but when you come to Christ, he turns you and puts you down the right path, so it's through wisdom, the spirit of wisdom, that we understand, man, that I'm called by God. And Paul says that you would cherish that, that you wouldn't just let it go, right? Or that you would just squander it away, but that you would guard it and protect it, amen? That we would know the hope of of his calling, amen? That when it comes to wisdom and, and, and knowing the hope of his calling, we have to bring our plans and our visions before the Lord, amen? That sometimes we come into the house of God or we, we get saved and we got our whole life planned out. Amen. Anybody? Has God ruined anybody's life? Amen. I have my plans, right? I had my, my kind of desires, right? My own eight, when I was 18 years old, I thought yeah, I knew it all, right? And I was going to do this and going to do that. 
right? And I was trying to get into certain schools and different things, but nothing was happening, right? And then, then I went down to a mighty man of valor and God just interrupted my life and said, nope, that's not what you're called to do, that I'm calling you to go to the training center, that I'm calling you to get involved in ministry, and I'm calling you to serve, right? And, and because of that decision, I'm here today, right? I wanted to go to art school. That would have sucked. No, I just, I don't know. It might've been cool. But the crazy thing is, a few years later, I found out that the schools I was trying to get into, that they were a fraud, that they were getting over on people and taking people's money, right? See, God comes in and he, and he calls you. Sometimes he has to interrupt your life. Sometimes he has to mess up your plans, right? But in order to know the hope of his calling and, and have that wisdom in our life, we have to bring our plans before God and say, God, this is what I want. God, this is what I desire, but I give it over to you. God, to sort through it, God, to look through it, God, to take out the things that are not according to your will and then give it back to me. And when you do that, God will bless you. And then you won't be stressed. You won't be worried. You won't be second guessing. But if you bring your plans before the Lord and you allow God to sort through it and evaluate it and give it back to you, you're going to be blessed. That's wisdom. That's wisdom. The Bible says that, you know, a wise man seeks counsel, right? We shouldn't just have plans and just go on our own. No, we should like air them out and tell people, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. And they'd be like, yeah, I don't know about that, right? Seek wise counsel. Amen. So in order to have that knowledge, there's a, real quick, there's three things underneath this. In order, to, in order to understand the calling that, number one, we need to have a clean heart. Right? It says in the Bible, I think Eric even brought it out, that wisdom is pure. Right? That true wisdom is pure. Amen? That we must have a clear heart. Amen? And we must have an open mind. Amen? And a surrendered will. To fully know the calling of God upon our life, we have to have a clean heart, an open mind, and a surrendered will. We can't be holding on to our plans. We can't be holding on to our desires. Amen. But we need to bring them over to the Lord and say, God, if it's not of you, then take it away. But if it is of you, anoint it, God. Give it power, God. Give it, you know, ability, whatever it is. There, I believe that there's many people here today that, that God wants to bless you with a business, that God wants to bless you with the house, that God's given you a vision for that kind of stuff. But until we surrender it to God... We're just holding on and saying, no, this is mine. This is my vision. This is my desires. I, I'm in the home and I want to get out and get a house and get my kids and have a job. And all that God says, that's not what I called you for. Let me look through your plans and I'll show you what you need to do. To know the hope of his calling. And when it comes to being called, we need to understand that God qualifies the called. That he's not looking for the qualified. He's not looking for those who have it all together, amen, but he's looking for those who are willing, amen, and open. Number six, number six, moving quick here, is to know how rich God is in having us. Do you know that because you're saved, God is rich? Do you know that God is blessed because you're here tonight, Amen. At the end of verse 18, it says, it says, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, God's people, right? That God is blessed because we are his inheritance, right? That we belong to Christ, 
right? That we are his inheritance, right? That Jesus would take filthy, wretched people and be blessed by us. That when he sees us walking in our calling, when he sees us living for God, when he sees us desiring wisdom and wanting change in our life and wanting to, to, to elevate ourselves, right? He is blessed in Amen? God is blessed in us having us as his children. And then number seven, number seven, Paul writes, and so that you will begin to know, this is in verse 19. He says, and so that you will begin to know what the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his active spirit, spiritual power in us is who believe. Amen. So number seven is that through the spirit of wisdom that we would know the power of God. Amen. How many guys want to know the power of God and experience the power of God? Amen. And, and, And see the power of God. Right. I'm not talking so much about understanding the power of God, but seeing the power of God, experiencing the power of God. Because like we talked before, it's one thing to understand it. Right. I would I, I don't care so much about understanding the power of God as much as I want to see the power of God. Right. I don't want to just be up here and hear about it, but I want to see people's lives being changed at the altars. Right. I want to see people's lives being changed at victory centers. I want to see men and women's lives being changed in the home. Right. That is knowing and having the spirit of wisdom to know the power of God. Right. Do we know it? Do we experience it? Do we have hands on experience or is it just textbook experience? Right. Is it just what we read in the Bible or what we read in books or hear from other churches or is it happening here, right? Is it happening in our, in our life groups when they start back up? Is it happening at our home with our children? Is it happening in our own devotional time? Are we getting breakthroughs, right? Knowing the power of God, amen? It is said that what you don't know can't hurt you. Right? When it comes to knowledge, when it comes to wisdom, like, well, what you don't know won't hurt you. But the truth is, and the spiritual perspective of it is, is what you don't know, the devil will use to kill you. Amen? What you don't know, the devil will use against you. Amen? He will use it because he doesn't play fair. Amen? The devil fights dirty, right? Hits below the belt, right? Hits you behind your back, right? He does all kinds of dirty things. So we can't walk around with that mentality. Well, I'm not the preacher. Well, I'm not the life group leader. Well, I'm not this or I'm not that. There's no need for me to know the power of God. There's no need for me to know my calling. There's no need for me to have revelation in my life. No, if you're saved, you need this stuff. Because if you don't know it, the devil's going to use it to kill you. He's going to use your calling against you. He's going to use the word of God against you. He's going to cause division in your heart, division in your mind. Amen. So we need to hold on to the word of God and we need to know that God has all power. Amen. That he has all ability. Amen. That we don't limit our God. Amen. But we we give him full reign in our lives. Amen. Verse 19, I, I want to read it again just because it says, so you will begin to know what the immeasurable, it's immeasurable. You can't measure it. And the unlimited and surpassing greatness of his active spiritual power. 
Amen? It's unmeasurable. It's unmeasurable. It's unlimited, right? It's not limited like, oh, man, like if you got like, you know, 10 Gs on your phone, you're like, dang, right? No, it's unlimited. It doesn't slow down. It doesn't quit. It doesn't give up. It keeps on going. God's power never stops. Amen? And it's active today. It's active right now. It's active in your life. It's active at your house. It's active with your family. It's active with your coworkers. Right? God's power is active with your children. In your marriage. God's power is active in our finances. Amen? We need to hold on to that power of God. Amen? And as the worship team comes, we're going to go ahead and, and, and bring this in for a landing. But Paul is expressing this to the church in Ephesus, in Ephesus, right? Some of them are probably newer believers, right? The church is only a few years old, right? But he was expressing to them how he prays that God would give them a spirit of wisdom and that God would give them all these things that we talked about here tonight, that God would give them revelation and God would give them insight and enlightenment, enlightenment that, that God would give them the knowledge of Jesus Christ, their Savior, Amen. And know the power that he has and the great calling that he has called us for. Amen. And Victor Outreach, we got a great calling. Right? We got a great calling to reach the world. Right? To reach the hurting. To reach the treasures out of darkness. And we're all a part of that calling. But at the same time, you have a personal calling. You have a personal calling for your family. You have a personal calling for your children. You have a personal calling for your own life. Right? That falls under the banner that of the of the you know vision that God has for us. Right? I have a message, it's twenty twenty vision. You gotta be able to see far and close. Right? You gotta have an international vision and a local vision. Right? You have to have a global vision and a personal vision. Right? God has called us for the for the for such a time as this. Amen. As the worship team comes on up, Amen. Why don't we turn to James one five? James 1.5. Probably going to be hearing this scripture a lot this month. My dad, my dad hit on it too, even going back to the Old Testament with Solomon. That when God came to him in a dream and he asked him, what do you want? What can I give you? Right? Many of us, we would ask for money. We would, God, take all my debt away, God. Take that MasterCard, take that Visa, take that Walmart, that Amazon, whatever, God. Take it and just throw it as far as the east is from the west. Do something with it, Jesus, right? We'd ask for him to bless us with a new car. We'd ask him to bless us with a house, right? But like my dad brought out, that we, we need to be like Solomon and, and think higher, right? And, and seek God for wisdom. Amen. You can go ahead and play it. Okay. Amen. Play when you're ready. Amen. But we need to seek God for wisdom. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Amen. God wants to give us wisdom. Right? As Christians, right? As believers in Christ, as heirs of the King, we should be the wisest people around. We should be wise. We should be smart with our finances, right? 
We should be wise and smart with our children. Amen. In our marriages. Right? As Christians, we, we shouldn't be a statistic that they look at for divorces. Right? As Christians, we shouldn't be a, a negative statistic when it comes to finances and debt. If you look across the United States, I'm sure there's record numbers of churches that are in debt, that are drowning in debt. But as Christians, we should have the wisdom of God to manage our finances, right? To manage our families, to make wise decisions in our, in our, in our jobs, in our careers, Right with the things that we do, that we don't go off worldly wisdom and thinking, oh, I need this and this, this and that. But we put our priorities in place, and, and we 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 follow in line with the calling that God has that God has given us, and and we rely upon the power of God, and we use the wisdom that He gives us, and the revelation that He gives us, and and the insight and enlightenment that He gives us, so that we can be prosperous and be a blessing for the kingdom. Amen. Be a blessing for the kingdom. Amen. I, I, I thank God for government assistance, but I don't think it's part of God's plan. Amen. I thank God for that. You know, and I grew up, you know, on government assistance at times. I lived in homeless shelters at times. Right. But just because I grew up in that doesn't mean that's what I have to stay in. No, I have to elevate myself and allow the wisdom of God to, to come in and transform me and, and say, you know what, if that's how I grew up, that's okay, but my kids are not going to grow up like that, right? I might not have went to college, but I'm going to try to make it so my kids can go to college, right? And that we just get one step closer. And then that maybe their kids will be blessed and their kids. And, and then that elevates the church and elevates the kingdom of God. Because at the same time, we're teaching them godly values and principles and, and wisdom. So James says, if you lack wisdom, then you should ask. And I believe we all lack wisdom. We could be the smartest person right? We can have the biggest degrees and all the textbook and all this stuff, but according to God, we know nothing. So until we are there with Jesus, we need more of his wisdom. We need more of his understanding. We need more of his enlightenment. Amen. We need more of his revelation in our life. Amen. We need more of his power evident in our life. So tonight, as we all stand, I pray that that would be our prayer here tonight, that we would come to God not knowing it all, but knowing that we need some help. Amen? And there's no shame in that, right? There's no shame in that. There's no embarrassment with that, right? It's okay to come before the Lord and say, God, I don't know everything. God, I don't know how, 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 to, how to raise my children. God, I don't know how to be a good husband. God, I don't know how to be a good wife. God, I don't know how to manage my finances. God, I don't know how to make the right job choice. God, I don't know. It's okay. Because God says, the word says in James, that God is generous to give it to you. That if you want the wisdom, it's theirs for you to have. It's there for you to take. It's there for you to possess. Amen. And we're going to sing this song here tonight. We're going to sing, let it rain. Amen. We're going to sing, let it rain because the spirit of God, the wisdom of God needs to rain upon our
so right there where you're at, why don't we lift our hands and let's just begin to sing this song. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus.